Welcome to the Ecom Wiz Podcast, a podcast that helps Amazon sellers to dominate the marketplace. And I do mean dominate. Dominate. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon influencers in the industry. This is the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Rob Stanley with Feedback Wiz and the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Today, I've got Nathan Hirsch. He's CEO and founder of FreeUp, and I'm sure if you've been in the Amazon world, you've probably heard of FreeUp. It's definitely a place you will end up at some point. We're going to, Nathan, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Rob, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're going to go pretty deep into FreeUp, what services they offer, uh, some of Nathan's background and how it got started, and uh, obviously how other Amazon sellers can use your guys' service and probably uh, be able to concentrate more on their business and make some more money. So uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. And uh, let's start off with FreeUp. Let's tell everybody uh, a little kind of high level what FreeUp is, and then we'll go deeper into it. Yeah, so we're a marketplace for pre-vetted virtual assistants, freelancers, and agencies. We get thousands of applicants every week from all over the world. We vet them for skill, attitude, communication. Top 1% get on our platform, and then we make them available to people whenever they need them. We have people from five to 100 plus per hour, over 100 skill sets, Amazon, e-commerce, marketing. You put in a request, we fill that request within a business day, usually faster. We normally send one to three people by default, but if you say send me five, send me 10, whatever it is, we're happy to do it. And you can meet with them, interview them, make sure you like them. If you like them, you can hire them, negotiate rate, agree to fix price. If you don't like them, you click pass, provide us feedback, and we get you someone else quickly based on that feedback. So it's fast and efficient on the front end, and on the back end, we have 24-7 support in case you have even the smallest issue and a no turnover guarantee. If someone quits on you for any reason, we cover replacement costs and get you a new person right away. So that's really the concept of free up, the pre-vetting, the speed, the customer service, and the protection. Wow. I mean, I... I, I haven't obviously uh, had a chance to use any other services. We've used FreeUp before, but I mean, that kind of sounds like that maybe sets you guys apart a little bit. There, there's quite a few things there you're doing that I can't say for 100%, but it sounds like those are things that set you guys apart a bit from some of the other services out there. Let's also talk about, you know, like where, where, is, where are your, uh, you know, I guess they would be sort of our clients. Where are your, the people on your platform, where are they coming from? Yeah. So, I mean, on the client side, we have clients from all over the world. We're probably mostly U.S. just because most of our marketing and stuff's in the U.S., but we've got plenty in U.K., Canada, China, you name it. Um, from the freelancer side, we're about 40% U.S., 40% Philippines, and 20% scattered around the world. Not necessarily by design. We get two to 3,000 applicants a week to get on our platform from all over, and we accept people from all over. That's just kind of where we're at now, subject to change. Yeah, that sounds like a really good thing. I mean, realistically, if you're building websites nowadays, I mean, there is some tools that will help the website, you know, switch different languages, but it's not always perfect. So sometimes you may have to put your site in different languages, which in that case, I mean, you have people that are native in, in several languages that probably could help convert that site for you properly. Or if you do use, let's say, a tool that converts, you can have them double check it and make sure it's converting correctly. So that's just one thing that just came off the top of my head that I was like, wow. That's good that, you know, it's not just necessarily a Philippine or U.S. based. You have people from all over the world that, you know, basically have the capability coming in there and helping you with different things. And also Amazon Marketplace. I mean, Amazon is not just in the U.S. I mean, we all think, you know, and most people sell on the U.S., but it isn't the only market. I mean, 
we're hearing here at, at uh, Feedback Wiz, we're finding India is actually, you know, pretty substantial market, even though we've heard a majority of them actually, uh, you know, read and understand English. It's still, why not, you know, get yourself in a situation that you have that extra chance just in case to make sure it's in a different language, you can hit different markets. I mean, that's just one way I was thinking. Now, obviously you guys provide a lot more. Let's go into some of these services that you feel maybe some of the Amazon people would be able to use and uh, you know, what services are there? Because in my head, when I was gonna interview, I was thinking, okay, people are probably thinking VAs and that usually is probably a first person that a lot of people go to. But right. you guys are very deep. You have a pretty deep amount of uh, individuals that have different talents. Why don't you go into that a bit? So I like to divide it between three levels, the followers, the doers, and the experts. So the followers think non-US, five to 10 bucks an hour. They have years of experience because we're not a marketplace for newbies, but they're there to follow your systems, your process. It could be an executive assistant, a virtual assistant. Um, it could be an Amazon assistant, someone to do sourcing, someone to do listings following your way, a customer service rep, something like that. Then you've got the doers. They could be the graphic designers, the Amazon listers, the translators, the bookkeepers, the photographers, video editors. You're not hiring a graphic designer and teaching them how to be a graphic designer, but they're not consulting with you either. They do the same thing eight to 10 hours a day at a high level. You're hiring them for their expertise. And if you're hiring them for Amazon, they know Amazon at a high level. You don't have to teach. Then you've got the experts, the high level freelancers consultants, agencies on our platform. They're bringing their own strategy to the table. They can project manage, they can execute high level game plans, they can audit your Amazon business, audit your Shopify store, audit your marketing plan, depending on what kind of expert you hire and create a plan just for you, for you to approve. So it just depends where you're at in your business. Are you someone that's trying to get out of the day-to-day -day operations, you're trying to get your hours back where you hire that follower? Are you someone where projects are just building up and you need to hire those doers? Or are you taking on something new? Maybe it's Amazon PPC or Facebook ads or a marketing strategy or email list, whatever it is. And you're not an expert at that. The, the average entrepreneur has one to three core competencies and you want to hire an expert to come in and hit the ground running right from the beginning. So we have over a hundred skill sets on our platform, but it also depends whether you're looking for that follower, doer, or expert. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I mean, just to go even a little deeper in that, I mean, we're going to be obviously talking a little more about Amazon because that's our, you know, my role at least and, and where a lot of people listen to us. But the reality is, I mean, you could go even from just starting a business and needing a logo. I mean, you guys got people on there that do logos, they'll design logos for you, you know, that it's not, they'll design websites for you. I mean, if you need a website, I'm sure there's somebody on there that does website, graphic designers, there's all kinds of people on there. So this just isn't necessarily about uh, Amazon in particular. If, if you're just running a website or you need video editing, I know that's on there, content writers. I mean, the, it's pretty substantial and pretty deep how, the, how far it goes on here. Pretty much if you can dream it for a business, you could probably search it on free up is, is kind of the way I see it. So yeah. let's talk about a little bit. Yeah, you can use that tagline, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, we kind of stay away from anything like black hat, like fake reviews or against terms of service or anything like that. But outside of that, we, we probably have it on our platform. Yeah, and let's face it, that's not real business anyways. That, that's really not what anybody who's trying to do is a, a long-term business plan and really be in business for a good amount of time or even build a business up to sell it. You're not looking at the black hat anyways. The people looking at that, they're not going to be around long enough anyways. So, you know, that, so let's ask this then. Uh, if 
when you were talking a little bit about like screening and you guys kind of vent these people, can you go a little deeper into that? Just so people have an understanding of, you know, when they go to the platform and they go to select somebody, uh, what has already happened prior to them getting to that point of being on your platform? So back in the day, I used to hire a lot of people just for skill. I would look at their, their resume, their, their track record, what, whatever degree they have. And then three months later, it would blow up in my face and I'd be there wondering, how is this person so talented and such a bad fit for my business? And I realized that skill is just one part of the equation. The attitude and the communication is just as important. So we vet for all three. When it comes to skill, they can be a 10 out of 10, they can be a five out of 10, they can be a three out of 10. What we care about is that they're honest about what they can and cannot do and they're priced accordingly. And once they get on our platform and we put them through skill tests, we hold them accountable to that. We're not a place to experiment on our clients and try things out for the first time. If you're taking on projects you can't do at a high level, you're gonna get kicked off our platform pretty quick. And then it's attitude. We do one-on-one -on -one interviews. We look for people who are passionate about what they do. If someone's an Amazon lister, they have to love writing Amazon listings as much as I love being an entrepreneur. Those are the type of people that we look for. We know that not all clients are rainbows and butterflies, right? There's difficult clients out there. We want people who can act professionally, be the bigger man, be the bigger woman when stuff comes up and have that positive attitude. And we want people that can take feedback because what one client likes, another client might not. So the ability to take feedback and not take it personally is incredibly important. And I can go on and on. We have a lot of things when it looks, we look for in terms of attitude. And same thing, once they're on the platform, very quick to remove people that show signs of a poor attitude. And then lastly is communication. And communication is really the fundamental part of our platform. From my internal team that's available 24-7 and responds super fast, I know you and Henson know that, um, to really communication from all the freelancers on our platform. If, if I hire you, Rob, and, and you're, you have a great attitude and you have a great skill set, but you and I can't communicate, nothing else really matters. It's the key to everything. So we have 15 pages of communication best practices that they have to memorize and get tested on before they get on our platform. And same thing, once they're on it, we hold them accountable to it. We're very quick to remove people that don't communicate if my team has to chase them in any way. Um, and, and it's in our terms of use that they have to respond within a business day at all times. So that's really what we look for, the, the skill, the attitude, and the communication. Yeah, I, I really like that because, I mean, I'm going to mention, everybody else is going to think it, uh, Fiverr, right? I feel a lot of times when I got on Fiverr, I felt like I was getting somebody who was learning as I was paying them uh, because they think it's five bucks. I mean, but let's be realistic. A lot of times it was more than five bucks. And then it was like communication was really tough back and forth. And then I also felt like a lot of times that I was getting something or having a service done that there was already a free tool out there that they were just going and doing for me. And nobody wants that. Somebody who hires somebody who's going to pay, if I'm coming up with a logo, for instance, I don't want an off-the-shelf logo. I can go find that. So now, could you take an off-the-shelf logo and modify it and now it, it fits me? Yes, that's great. But I like the fact that you're venting these people, you're having them go through and basically qualify themselves. And I'm sure there's portfolios in there that we can look at samples of what they have, which is another good thing. I mean, that really really kind of sets a person apart. If you can look at their portfolio and get a good understanding of what they've done, it's going to give you a good understanding of what's going to be right for you, you know, if it's a good fit. And nobody likes to pay for somebody to learn. I mean, that's just definitely not the way to go on this. Uh, so how about this? Uh, when is the right time to start hiring 
for my business as I'm like, should it be right before I go? I mean, I guess it depends on what I'm doing, right? Because if I come up with a name of a company and I need a logo, I mean, that's pretty early. But when do you mainly see people kind of jumping into Freya? Yeah. So I think a lot of people are obsessed with like finding out that exact right time that you should hire, which you're never going to hit, right? You're either going to hire too early or too late. And me personally, I tend to hire a little bit too early. And because I, I kind of look at the opportunity cost. But what I recommend that you do is look at your budget. Look at how much you made last month and think, how aggressive or how conservative do I want to be? If you want to be really aggressive, you want to go all out to build that empire, maybe you're investing 40 to 60% of your profits back in your business into hiring, which is a great place to invest. Or if you're more conservative, maybe it's 10 to 30%. And we're all in a different place in our business and our life. And you can go up 5% one month, down 5% the next month, but at least figure out a ballpark of where you want to start. From there, you really have to figure out where you are as an entrepreneur. Are you someone that's stuck in the day-to-day -day operations and you need to figure out how to get your time back because you can't focus on the sales, the expansion, the marketing, the big picture stuff? Are you someone where projects are, are just building up and you haven't been able to launch your website or optimize that listing or, or come up with a good product video and you need to hire those doers because you're not really good at any of those small projects or you might be someone that doesn't have a budget to hire someone ongoing full-time, part-time, whatever it is, and you need to get in the mentality of project-based. Let's, let's focus on one-time projects that I can do to get an ROI that'll help me hire more later. Or are you someone that's branching out outside of your core competency? You want to go to Amazon UK, you don't know how to do it, you want to hire an expert to come in and do it, and yes, you could spend the next four months figuring out Amazon UK, but that's not a great use of your time. You need to hire an expert to come in and do it. So, Part of it is figuring out that budget and what you can afford and what you want to afford. And the, the other part of it is figuring out, do you need that follower, the doer, or the expert? Yeah, that, that's a perfect. That is absolutely uh, great information right there. One thing I'll add to that is, let's talk a little bit about when you, when you first start with uh, getting somebody, you know, we talk about graphic design or that logo, right? Make sure you're very clear on what you want or don't want. I think that sets it up. And I, and I think... Sometimes you'll see people complaining, like, just like anything, right? When they complain, I go in and read the complaints, but if you read very carefully, you can kind of figure out that the complaints sometimes were the customer and not necessarily the person who's doing the service. And it's like, you know, they complain about, oh, they gave it to me in yellow. Well, did you say not to use yellow? You know, you should really go in there, and, and again, we're talking about logo, right? If you go in to get a logo done, for instance, you, you should specify what colors you are looking for, which ones will work together, which ones you don't want, you know, and if there's certain things you do or don't want in a logo, you should be putting that up front. That just totally gives the person a better understanding of kind of what you're looking for and it's going to give you a better success of getting that logo pretty quickly and what you're looking for the first time instead of going back and forth a million times and you get frustrated because you didn't give them enough information other than I want a logo blue. Well, that doesn't really help. You know, you know, and it's like they're supposed to figure out the name of your company and what kind of uh, maybe icon you want to go with it or, you know, drawing or something like that. You, you got to absolutely go into more detail than that. And, uh, you know, so let, let's go a little bit into uh, Amazon, right? So most people that sell on Amazon, would you say that most of them, first thing they do is usually get a VA? And then let's talk also about what other Amazon services you guys you offer or services are on the platform that a lot of Amazon sellers use? 
Yeah, I mean, I think hiring a VA is a very common thing to hire. I mean, me, when I start a new business, I hire a VA. I, I don't know the stats on it, whether that's the first hire for all the sellers. Keep in mind, I, I don't know the structure of every single client that uses the platform. I don't know who their first hire is or, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can go so so deep when you go to Amazon. I mean, you guys know that. There's so many components of it. There's the PPC, there's the listings, there's the graphics and, and the videos, there's the what do you do after the order to, to get feedback using feedback ways and stuff like that. Then there's the off Amazon stuff, the external traffic, the email list, the, the growing the brand, which is the, the big thing that everyone's focusing on right now. So when you get into even deeper than that, then it goes into social media channels and people that are experts or specialists in those channels to overall marketing campaigns to product launches, which have different components to the actual day-to-day -day customer service, responding to, to every little thing, commenting on every single review, stuff like that. So there's so much work that goes into running an Amazon business and you can break it down from the generic stuff that everyone's doing, like the PPC, the listing, the marketing, to the stuff that's very specific to your business. To Hey, this is how we source products. This is the, the listing style that, that we use. We know there's a, a lot of different gurus and courses and people teaching different tactics that overlap in some way, but everyone has their own way of doing things and you might want a VA that does it a certain way. So you kind of have to break it down, but Amazon is so complex, so in-depth that you can you can hire for so many different things when it comes to your Amazon business. Yeah, so I'm going to go over a few of those and, and jump in if you, uh, uh, let's start with product photography. I know you guys have product uh, photographers there, uh, people that'll do listings for you. Uh, specifically, and that's even breaking down further, besides if you talk about that listing, there's the photos, there's people who do titles, there's people that do descriptions for you. There's people who do PPC for you. So we're not just talking, I mean, I'm sure there could be one that maybe does them all, but if you're looking for very specific things within that listing, uh, and then customer service. Uh, I don't know if we've seen anybody on there who's specialized in feedback ways yet, <laughs> because it's pretty automated once you get it going. Plus, you know, we got a lot of videos to do it tutorials wise. But I'm sure at some point somebody will come up that, you know, probably specializes in feedback quiz and can help you with, uh, you know, helping with your layout of your email template. Or uh, I'll tell you where people are using feedback quiz. A lot of the experts and the consultants on our platform, they'll yeah. go into a newer seller or even a seller that's been doing it a while. And the seller will say, hey, audit my business. Tell me what I can do to improve. And, and then they'll, they'll recommend feedback quiz and they'll help them get it integrated and set up and, and good to go. So although it might not be a VA thing, a lot of the experts are using it and they're familiar with different softwares. They all have their, their own preferences and, and what they like and they'll help clients integrate them into their business. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And then, I mean, I could see definitely using a VA. <laughs> I'm going to be getting there pretty soon myself on my social media. I mean, my LinkedIn's pr getting pretty nuts. My Facebook's getting pretty nuts. I mean, I, at some point, I'm going to probably be looking for a VA to help me. And if anything, just for more of that first contact, you know, just that first kind of uh, get a hold of, you know, somebody contacts you or you contact them and to get something going. I mean, I, had, I hit up Nathan and uh, I saw his email that he had Skype and I was just like, oh, I'll Skype him. And then sure enough, a VA hits me back. And I was like, that's cool, right? Like, I could totally do that. Like, she's like, how can I help you? I said, oh, I already talked to him. She said, oh, okay. So, I mean, that's great though. The fact being that you have somebody that when you're busy, so let's talk a little bit about that. As you build up, not just VAs, but, you know, multiple people that are basically helping you from free up, you know, how do you kind of manage all those people? I mean, I'm sure that could, there's got to be people out there that have five, eight, maybe even more, depending on how big their company is. 
So how do you manage that? Are they hiring a VA to manage their, their people, so to speak? Or what do you, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I have people that cover my Skype, my email 24-7. And it's not one person. It's a group of people. They cover all hours in the day. And there's a team leader. For, for, so I've got a billing team. That team has a team leader. I have a freelancer success team, which is a recruitment team. That team has a team leader. For my customer support and, and filling tickets, I actually have two team leaders, one in the morning, one at night. And then each team leader has their own assistant team leader. And that's kind of what's necessary because there's just so much going on. We get so much volume of emails and requests and, and, and it's coming from different directions like Facebook messages on our page to live chat to emails to Skype. So there's a lot that goes in there. So you can really structure your team with a project manager. It's a common thing that people do. I think some entrepreneurs, they go about it the wrong way. They kind of go about it from a, a laziness side opposed to a necessary side where they're like, oh, I just don't want to talk to this two VAs I have. Let's get them a project manager, even though they don't really need a project manager to manage two people that are each working 10 hours a week. And that could be done in a much more efficient way. But once you get to a certain point, I mean, I have 45 VAs. They bill me 1,200 hours a week. Not only could I not work those hours, even if I wanted to, I can't manage and keep track of what people are doing in all those hours throughout the week. So I have to find people that I trust and put them in charge, not only of the people, but of the tasks as well to make sure that stuff's getting done at a high level. Yeah, no, that, that's, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna, as Feedback Wiz keeps growing, we're gonna probably get to that point and probably be using some services, more services that we already use from FreeUp. So, you know, I, one thing I wanna ask though is, and I'm sure this is a lot of concern from people that sell on Amazon, is giving people access to my account. So could you talk maybe a little bit about that as far as, you know, security and, you know, I haven't met this person, but yet I'm giving them access. You know, I'm sure that people listening, that's going to be a concern of theirs. Let's go, let's dive into that. So I've never actually seen it happen. I know that's a huge rumor in the industry that if one person logs into your account and they work on another account, you're going to get blocked and all that. We work with thousands of Amazon sellers. I've never seen that happen even before FreeUp. I hired tons of VAs, tons of freelancers. They were not all full-time for me. They had other clients. My account never had any issues with that. So I'm sure it happens. We know Amazon's a crazy thing. You can't predict it. Who knows what sets off their red flags? But I mean, Amazon expects you to hire people. Amazon knows that people are going to work in different accounts. So there are consultants. There are agencies out there that manage a hundred accounts at the same time and, and have no issues. So definitely don't give people your main access to your Amazon account, but if you set up user permissions within reason, you're probably okay. Now for hiring people in general, I mean, hiring is risky. There's nothing that me or you or anyone else can do to make that risk zero. There's always a chance, even if you hire your best friend to sit right next to you every single day, that they do something stupid or jeopardize your business in some way. Now, the thing is, if you wanna scale, at some point you have to hire. There's very few $5 million a year Amazon sellers or even $5 million a year entrepreneurs out there that do everything by themselves. It's not realistic. At some point, if you don't, if you don't hire, you're going to hit that ceiling and not grow. And hiring is also one of those things that I see a lot of people do this where they wouldn't just say, oh, you know what? Marketing didn't work for two months. I'm going to just give up on marketing. But we do that with hiring. We're like, oh, you know what? We made some bad hires. Hiring is just not for me. I'm not going to do it. So I think people just need to change their mentality a little bit. We bill 17,000, 18,000 hours in a week. Knock on wood, we've never had any ser anything seriously happen. I'm sure if we bill enough hours, eventually something will just because that's real life. But the percentage is a lot smaller than people think. 
the average freelancer, the average virtual assistant, the average agency cares so much more about earning your business and keeping you as a client or just staying on our platform after going through that whole vetting process. Why would they want to do anything to get kicked out? We're bringing them clients, we're bringing them revenue, and, and they care a lot more about that and building their relationship with you than they do about jeopardizing your business. Yeah, and just to point one thing out, so if anybody, there's actually several articles out there that have talked about people uh, that work for you, and in in, it said something to the effect of, if I log in from multiple locations to my Amazon account, does it jeopardize it? Just to back up slightly on what you were saying. And the answer is no, that we've seen at least up to this point. There's So they know, like you were mentioning, Nathan, that they know you're going to hire people remotely. People are going to need access. They're going to go in there. So, you know, and then you got to think about what if I'm traveling? I mean, they, they know you're going to travel. They know people are going to access it. So as of this point, we don't know of any issues where you accessing your Amazon account or a remote person accessing your account is going to cause any issues to your account or block you or anything like that. So that's definitely one thing that I just want to kind of just reiterate a little bit and elaborate on. So, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is that, uh, you know, what's, why would, why not just hire local versus maybe hiring somebody on free up? You know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'll just get somebody local. What's some advantages or maybe disadvantages of that? I mean, if you hire someone local, you're just limited to your town and the towns around you. Usually you need overhead, like an office. I mean, I run free up entirely remote. Um, you also don't really have as much flexibility. You're usually hiring people full time for, for certain hours where if you open yourself up to remote, you can hire people part time, project based. You can hire someone for a two month project. You don't need that office. You get access to talent at different price points at different skills, different backgrounds from, from all over the world. So. It just gives you a lot more flexibility as an entrepreneur. Obviously, there's certain things that you're going to want to hire in your office. If you need a warehouse staff, you need a cashier, whatever it is for your business. But I think anything else can really get done remote. And you can always go back to hiring people in person. I mean, that option is not really going anywhere. I encourage you to at least explore the remote world. And you have to remember that your competitors, they're going the remote world. They predict over over the next 10 years, over 50% of the workforce is going to be remote. So you're either joining that trend or you're fighting that trend. And if you're fighting that trend, all your competitors are going in that direction and they're only to get more flexibility and that competitive advantage over you. So obviously I'm biased. I own a free up marketplace and a platform, but I really do practice what I preach. I mean, I only hire people from my own platform. We're entirely remote. I have 45 VAs in the Philippines that do all the day-to-day -day operations of my business. I've got, I use other freelancers like writers, same people that you guys use, um, the developers, graphic designers, video editors. They don't really work for me. I'm one of their clients, just like they have clients outside FreeUp. They have other clients inside FreeUp and, and they offer services and, and, and do different projects for me. So I'm a big proponent of that. I know you can grow a business doing that. I, we've scaled FreeUp doing that and, and that's kind of the, what I encourage you to at least try out. Yeah, I'm going to add to that that a lot of, a lot of like, I mean, obviously you can hire full-time people, but when you think about, let's say that logo we were talking about, that's a project. You're not, you don't need to hire a full-time person to create a logo unless you're a logo company. But most of the time you're going to use that as a one-time or, uh, you know, maybe a couple times type thing. But when we're talking about like VAs, I, being that I'm not a lawyer and you're not a lawyer, I'm going to just suggest that before you hire somebody, let's say full-time, unless you've got any interjection on this, I would say maybe check with an accountant on what the tax liability are of hiring somebody like a virtual assistant outside the United States. See what maybe if there's any taxes or any issues or things you have to pay 
Um, and again, neither of us are lawyers, so we're, I'm going to just recommend that before you hire somebody full time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but I'm thinking in my head, a lot of times I'm going to need probably some full time and then I'm going to need some project people. If I'm do if I need somebody for video editing, that's a project. I'm going to hire from a project and that would be a perfect time to do it, you know, but somebody to handle say social media, that's a full time, you know, VA position that could be all day. Or if I'm doing listings on Amazon, that's a full time thing. And maybe even more than one person or even product photos, that might be more of a project you know, that you're having somebody do photos only when you need photos done. So those are just kind of separation between hiring somebody for a project and hiring somebody to kind of be a full-time person on your staff, so to speak. So just to kind of clarify that out there for people that are listening. So, and that's, I mean, you know, where do you see the freelance and gig economy headed over the next few years? Like, where's this going? I mean, yeah, it looks going up <laughs> yeah I kind of I mentioned the stat before that they predict over the next 10 years it'll go up um, over 50% but I, I I mean look at it from the people offering services side hire having just like one employer is incredibly risky if that person goes out of business you lose your entire revenue stream not to mention the average person doesn't really like working nine to five they might be a morning person a night person they might be better working sporadic who likes driving to an office who likes spending money on gas getting stuck in the commute so Offering services as a freelancer, you can work for different clients, you can work wherever you want, you can travel the world, you can experience life in whatever way that you want to. So more and more people are going to that route. And we already talked about the client side. It, it just gives you a lot of flexibility. You get access to all this talent, you can try people out and you can always hire them full time later. So I think both sides are, are seeing the benefits. I think more and more bigger corporations are even seeing the benefits of, of not forcing people to work nine to five and drive into work every day. I mean, I've talked to more and more high level agency owners that have work from home days, three days a week. So everything's going in that direction where it'll actually end up, who knows, but I'm kind of excited to, to be just in that industry at this time. Yeah. Uh, those are two good points. I mean, being in California, try, it took me an hour and 10 minutes to go 28 miles this morning. Right. So, and that's a normal day. I mean, that when it's a three day weekend, it's two hours to get 28 miles. So that's, you know, luckily on three day weekends, I get to work from home. So, you know, it's on that Friday, obviously, but uh, yeah, I could totally see that as it, this is only going up California, especially I could see like, if I went back before I sold my business about a year half ago, but man, I definitely would have, uh, you know, if I knew a little more then as I know now, I would have definitely went back and used a lot more of free up people to help on a lot of different things because you know, it's just, it's expensive. I mean, and not just California, everywhere is getting expensive now. It's, 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 I mean, obviously California, New York, there's other more expensive areas, Boston, things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, the only way this industry can go is up, but I want to talk a little bit about how you got into this world. We were talking earlier and you were telling me a little bit about how you kind of were starting Amazon. Tell us a bit about your, how you got started story. Yeah. So, I mean, my parents were both teachers growing up. So I always grew up with the mentality that I would go to school, go to college, get it, graduate, get a real job, work for 30 years, retire. And that was going to be my life. And that's what they did. They're retired right now. They're traveling the world. There's nothing wrong with that. But I learned at a young age that I hated working for other people. My parents always made me get these 40, 50 hour a week summer jobs. I was inside working while all my friends were outside enjoying the summer. And I learned a ton about sales and marketing and customer service and 
I also just learned that I hated working for other people and I was watching the clock all the time, couldn't wait to leave. And so when I got to college, I kind of looked at it as a ticking clock. I had four years to start my own business. And if I didn't do that, I was going to go into the real world and have bills and responsibilities and get a job and, and never look back. So I took that summer money and I started buying and selling people's textbooks, competing with my school bookstore who was ripping people off. And I created a referral program. Before I knew it, I had lines out the door of people trying to sell me their books to the point where I actually got a cease and desist letter from my college telling me to knock it off because I was stealing too much of their business. <laughs> so that was my first glimpse into being an entrepreneur. My parents were teachers. I didn't really want to get kicked out of college. That wasn't really an option. So I pivoted. This was 2008, 2009. Amazon was bursting onto the scenes. I'd sold some books on Amazon and no one really knew what Amazon was. It was kind of like this big bookstore that was just getting into other products. And I started experimenting. I thought it was so cool. I could have this 24-7 storefront and I didn't really have money to buy inventory or anywhere to store this inventory. So I came up with the idea of drop shipping years before I even knew it was called drop shipping. The concept that I could sell other manufacturers products because they didn't know what Amazon was either. I could get them sales. They'd ship it for me. I would make that difference. And I just had to figure out what products to sell. So I started experimenting with sporting equipment, outdoor supplies, video games, computers, like typical college guy stuff. And I just failed over and over and over. And the only thing I could get to sell were these books. And it wasn't until I branched out of my comfort zone and found the baby product industry that my business took off. So if you can imagine me as a 20 year old single college guy drop shipping baby products on Amazon, that was me. And and this business took off. I'm making more money than any college kid should. And my parents say, you know what? You should probably pay taxes, right? So I meet with an accountant. And the first question he asked me is, when are you going to hire your first person? And I kind of shrugged him off. Like, why would I do that? That's money out of my pocket. They're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. Pretty standard entrepreneurial excuses. Absolutely. And he just laughed in my face. He said, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Well, sure enough, my first busy season, fourth quarter comes around. I'm drop shipping. There's no Amazon software. I'm doing everything myself and I just get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. My social life plummets. My grades go down and I work my butt off to get to the other side. And I think to myself, man, I can never let that happen again. I need to start hiring people. So I'm 20. I know nothing about hiring. I post a job on Facebook. This guy in my business law class messages me. He says, I don't know what you do, but I need a job. I say you're hired. I don't even interview. <laughs> Ends up being an amazing hire. He's smart. He's hardworking. He makes my job easier. He's actually my business partner with Free Up today. His name's Connor Gillivan. We've been working together for like eight years. So I hit the jackpot right from the beginning. And there I am as this punk 20-year-old thinking, man, this hiring thing is easy. You post a job on Facebook. Someone shows up. You make more money. You get your time back. And I just proceed to make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire. Quickly learning that hiring people in person when you're 2021 is very difficult. I turn to the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers, and make some good hires. Some people are still with me today. But I also realize the hassle of just posting a job, getting 50 people to apply, interviewing them. You hire them. If they quit on you, you start all over again. And I just kept looking for something faster, something better, something that protected me. And when I couldn't find it, I said, you know what, I'll build it myself. And that's really what the free up marketplace was. I, I tried to take everything I liked about those platforms and change everything I didn't like. And 
that's kind of the short version of how I went from a broke college kid to selling books to selling baby products to starting the free app marketplace. Wow, that's that's a great story. So so I think you said so free up got started in 08ish? No, no. I started selling on Amazon 2000. Started at Amazon. Yeah. So when did free up get started? End of 2015, really beginning of 2016. And I, obviously, you're just seeing nothing but growth right now. I mean, it looks like people are jumping on there daily or you're obviously venting them and getting them on there. So what are, where do you see maybe like what other services maybe are out there that you guys haven't explored yet or you're looking at? So we started off in the Amazon space and then we kind of branched off to e-commerce and now we're heavy in the marketing space too. We work with a lot of marketing agencies, marketing influencers. And the cool thing about the marketing industry is it kind of trickles into everything else from e-commerce to real estate to software companies. So I think we have a lot of work to do in the marketing space. I think in the Amazon space, and I'm not going to claim that we work with every top influencer in the Amazon space, but we work with a lot of them. We're pretty well known in the Amazon space, even in the e-commerce space, in the marketing space. If the, the top influencers are Gary Vee, Russell Brunson, all, all those. It, I mean, we're not, we're not at that level yet. We're probably working with the tier three, tier four influencers. So we have a lot to work to do in the Amazon space. I mean, in the marketing space, and, and that's where our focus is on now. But who knows? I mean, when we started free up, Facebook ads wasn't as big as it was now. And we quickly hopped on that bandwagon. I mean, the industry kind of takes twists and turns into different ways. And I'm kind of excited to see where everything goes. And for us, it's not really about creating the market. It's more about reading the market, seeing what people's needs are, and, and making sure we have the people for those needs. Yeah, that's exactly true. Uh, and that brings up a good question. So what, what was, first of all, uh, just take a little step back. What, what was your motivation to be an entrepreneur? I mean, other than the fact that you were in college and you got this great hire with your business partner and it kind of led you that way but it sounded like you did amazon for quite a while before the free up kind of took off so what triggered the free up like where was that point that you were just like i'm gonna go from doing amazon to doing this free up site so here's the thing with amazon i mean i made a good amount of money on amazon it was always like my my first baby my first entrepreneurial experience it was fun it was exciting but i would i never built my own brand on amazon i was selling other people's products I wasn't passionate about selling baby products then. I'm not passionate about selling baby products now. So while it was fun and, and we were growing at first, once we stopped growing it and Amazon became more saturated, I mean, at one point, overall, I sold over $25 million on Amazon. Per year, our, our peak point was about like $5 million, a little bit more. So we hit $5 million and the market becomes more competitive. Amazon cuts down on drop shipping a little bit. And then we're, we're staggering between that 2 to $3 million mark. We're not really growing a brand. We're not really growing a, a business. We're just kind of going in circles with Amazon, trying to stay afloat and, and change and adapting to all of their changes. And we're not really selling our own products either. So when I start free up on the side and free up quickly explodes and we, we surpass our Amazon sales pretty quick, it becomes kind of an easy decision. Do I want to continue to, to fight with Amazon and, and really not really have a business? Amazon can shut us down at all times. Or do I focus on free up, which is my brand? I get to help other entrepreneurs. I get to help other freelancers. And, and me personally, after selling on Amazon for eight years and going through that, I, w I was ready for something else doing free up. So that's a little bit in my mind of the decision making. It's funny because I, I, talk, I get to talk to a lot, to a lot of entrepreneurs and it's like uh, people just like yourself. And I always hear very similar stories and, and I, I'm included in that story. And so are both the owners of Feedback Quiz. It's like we all come from a very similar sort of background. We've all had uh, times where it was like we went through pitfalls and got back up. And then you got times where it was like 
you kind of just started this idea thinking, oh, this is kind of fun and it turns into this business. And, and I hear that a lot. So it's, it's really interesting to hear that you, you go through that same exact thing that a lot of other people do. And a lot of people, the same, same mentality, same mindset. So, so what kind of advice would you give to say future people that want to start a business and they're looking for kind of to get started and they're thinking of ideas and stuff. I mean, give them, give them some uh, kind of like, Hey, do this and don't do that type of thing. What's a do and a don't for them. And I'm going to start this off by saying I am not a business coach in any way. I try to avoid giving generic business advice. The way that I run a business is not necessarily the best way. It's only what's worked for me. I like to focus on low risk, high reward situations. I like to try a lot of different things. I mean, I started both my businesses with less than $5,000. So I wasn't making big investments. I was getting my minimum viable product out there as fast as I possibly could, listening to feedback, reading the market, making adjustments, and trying lots of different things. I'll put a little money into LinkedIn, a little money into Facebook, a little money into going on podcasts, and see what's working. And what's ever working, put more time, more energy, whatever's not working, pull back. I can always revisit it later. And for me, there's so much noise out there. There's so much, so many gurus and people saying, you have to do this, you should do this. If you don't do this, you won't be successful. That doesn't apply to every single business. You have to have your own trial and error. You never know what's going to work unless you actually try it. And for me, that's where I've had success. I think that's some great advice, actually. I mean, that's absolutely true and absolutely some great advice. So anybody listening, definitely, uh, that's a great point to take away there. Uh, before I wrap it up, is Anything else that we missed? Because, I mean, we covered a lot of information. You got some great stuff. Free, let's, first of all, free up. I'm going to spell it to you. You got to know it because they're going to be listed on the car radio. <laughs> F-R-E-E-E-U-P. That's three E's in the middle. Freeup.com. Yeah, you got to get the three E's in the middle for sure. So, Nathan, I really appreciate you being on. And, uh, you know, maybe down the road, if you guys introduce any new services or anything, let's get you back on and we'll talk about it. Sounds great. And you can check out my Facebook group, Outsourcing Masters. We post a lot of great content about hiring, using VAs, freelancers, agencies. Um, and go to freeup.com. My calendar, my team's calendar is right at the top. You can book a meeting with us. We'd love to talk to you about your business, how we can help create a free account, mention this podcast, get a $25 credit to try us out. And I look forward to helping anyone I can. There you go. I'm sure his VA will get a hold of you immediately. So <laughs> get a hold of Nathan and uh, thanks again for being on. So everybody, once again, freeup.com. This is Rob with the Ecom Wiz podcast and Feedback Wiz. Thanks, Nathan. Have a good day. You too, man. Thanks for joining us this week on the Ecom Wiz podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, FeedbackWiz.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. Join us next week for more great tips to help Amazon sellers dominate the marketplace.